there's been a tendency to overlook the Swans and underestimate Sydney. It, it's felt chronic at times, but no more. Sydney is Sydney. Every year we say they're too old, they're too slow. Oh, look at that, they lose. Jack's gone, they're all done. And then six weeks later, when they've won five, six in a row, we go, gee, Sydney aren't a bad team, are they? So they're 10-3, and three. they've beaten the Eagles twice. They yeah. are building into something different. Well, they're third on the ladder, Jared. They've introduced kids who are playing really, really good football. Ollie Florin in his second year, I think he should be favoured for the Rising Star. They're third on the ladder, Jared. At round 13, they're third on the ladder. I reckon they're contenders. Yes, Robbo and Jared, I reckon we are too. And despite being goalless for the first and last quarters on the weekend, a win against the ladder leaders was everything we wanted from Friday night's blockbuster. This is True Bloods, the number one Sydney Swans fan podcast. And today on the show, we'll be discussing our review of the big win over West Coast. The boys have got a buy this weekend, so there will be no match preview, but instead we do have something else very special up our sleeve. Don't we'll we re- ever, man. Oh, Don't we ever. We'll reveal that a little bit later, but my name is Tom Flanagan, and I'm joined tonight in the Podular Media Studio, as always, by Madison Clark, and we welcome back our favourite son to the studio, Benny Andrew. How are we, fellas? The boys sitting pretty at 10 and 3. Good news? Exceptionally good news, and exceptionally good news that Mr. Andrew is is back. He's in back the, uh, from hiatus in the studio. Had a yes. very large couple of weeks, have you, Benny? Yeah, had to get on the road for work a couple of times, but uh, no, it's good to be back, Benny Fraser. Thanks for keeping the seat warm, mate. Indeed, Benny. Indeed. Um, how about the Swannies, Tommy? Ten how about them? Ten. How about them? Just humming along at ten and three. Well, yeah. Singing songs, um, figuratively you, and literally. When you've got Robbo and uh, and Jared actually mentioning us, finally in their uh, in their Billboard Show three hundred and sixty, uh, you've got to be doing something right, don't you, Benny? Absolutely, something something maybe as right as knocking off the top of the table side, both at home and away. Not bad. Probably got something to do with it. That's that's something Richmond haven't done, isn't it? Oh, what win win away from home. <laughs> Win outside the G. <laughs> play, play away from the G. Don't even <laughs> yeah, do that. Wow. Bloody hell. Exactly. Oh, it was the first time in more than 30 years that the Swans won without scoring a goal in the first or last quarter. The last time it happened was against St Kilda, round two, 1988. And that day, Jared Healy had 35 possessions hey. as the Swans beat the Saints, Hells. 66 to 55. So, long time between uh, drinks for the no goals in the first quarter, no goals in the last quarter, but still get up. Before we hop into... Uh, that that topic, with all of the knee-jerk reactions to Ooh, rule changes a lot and of them, things like that, that was one of the best quarters of football that a football purist would want to see. And they're talking also in the same vein about that's what they're trying to change. And yet it was incredibly entertaining. That's the thing. I think that would have silenced a few critics about yeah, about yeah, low sure. scoring because that first quarter was such it was it was, it was almost brutal. it was almost like nineties nineties yeah. footy. Um there wasn't a lot of scoring by by any means, but it, it was just blokes, blokes, blokes footy. running into each other. Exactly. And it that's was fantastic. I, I'd take that any day over both teams being on hundred and twenty points. Yeah, it was crash bash physical footy, wasn't it? That that whole first quarter and uh, West Coast brought it too. They were they were yeah, fantastic no as well. It wasn't just us who were, who were playing good footy throughout the night. West Coast gave it gave it a real crack. Um, I thought Elliot Yo for them was fantastic. But other than that, their prime midfielders probably didn't have 
a massive amount of damage on the contest. I thought our midfield did a magnificent job throughout the night. That first quarter, they were really challenged, well, but their composure after that was truth, fantastic. Truth be told, I think that was the, the making of that game was the way we were able to withstand them having most of the play realistically in the first quarter. And our back six, as always, solid as ever. Oh, phenomenal, aren't they? Um, yeah. We'll get, to, we'll get to them shortly. We'll get to them shortly. But that that's the whole thing. I mean, they were put under pressure in the first quarter and we withstood it. So As they have every week. Correct. Because they're the best defence in the comp. They have to be. Pound for pound, Without a they simply without. have to be. All right, and, and that also comes from a broader perspective in the sense that that's how they come together as a group. I would say that they're certainly all contesting for All-Australian, but there have also been many other big names that are having great seasons too. But the way that they are just acting and, and working for each other and the way they just pull it together week in, week out. There was a stat on uh, on the couch last night. We have won seven out of seven where we have lost the inside 50s. Yeah. That's the thing. It's, we, it's it's a new, it's a new record. We absorb uh, it. Hills, Hills we we absorb the inside fifties. We it, it, no better word for it, Mads. We are just absolutely bulletproof down there at the moment. Yeah, Lloydy, Smooch, Ramps, Marshy—they were all excellent again. But it was led by the two fifty gamer, Big Reg. How good was Reg? Reborn, intercept Mark King. Yep. Yeah, unbelievable once again. Uh, what was it? Nine intercept possessions for Reg on the weekend. Not often that uh, at 250 games a player reinvents himself, but no, here he is. He's he taking all of these all these intercept marks, and his disposal efficiency is fantastic. Now, boys, speaking of intercept marks, I just want to touch on the fact that Wesley Snipes is just uh, <laughs> in the back line for us. Well, and he was the clear highlight for Mr. me. Mr. T. He was the clear highlight. There, there was... Um, oh, there was a lot of highlights for mine, but... But, but for... for like to come in first game and have that sort of impact on the contest, he was outstanding, Ali. The absolutely spectacular. The criticism of him when he wasn't playing his best footy was that he would get a bit excited, try and play on in situations where he probably shouldn't. But he just looked really composed. It looked like he had a, really had a plan yep. and had been given instructions to do certain things, and he he did them. He played his role, and he was. Electric, yeah, he could be a real X factor player yep. going forwards from here. He just he's got an a, an ability and a confidence to back himself. Yes. But if he's going to add that to his game, where he can still be a really disciplined, really composed, really yeah. composed backman, yep. yeah, lot to lot to like. Yeah, well, we've very always, exciting. We've always you know that he's a elite athlete. He's a, he's got that incredible athletic ability. But when he's reading the ball well, when, he, when he's in form and he's reading that ball in the air, he's as tough to stop as any key back in the comp, I reckon. There was one mark he took on the 50. I think it was the fourth. Forward 50, 50 the, the, the intercept juggling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was and just then, phenomenal. And then he's looking, 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 and then just lowers the eyes and very calmly spotted up Tommy Papley, who yep. went straight back and got us another sausage roll. Yeah, looked looked every bit as good as he did during the towards the back end of that 2016 season when he was setting the world on fire. And what a huge bonus it is for us to have him back in in such great touch, especially um, timely as well because Mills has just gone out with the injury. McVeigh was unavailable on the weekend, so to have Alier come back in and do what he did is just outstanding for us going forward. Absolutely, uh, we, we could have probably 
started to panic a little bit in that second quarter after what was a tough first term. We didn't put any real scoreboard pressure on, didn't score a goal. But the composure of the boys to just stay the course and, and grind our way back to full control of the co- the contest was was just terrific. Yeah, and I mean, when we went forward, we we went pretty hard early on in that second quarter. I think that's something that I, I felt very reassured by uh, is that we really put the foot down. And we we had the, uh, I think Liam Ryan, I believe, he kicked the first yep, behind. Yep. But following on from that, uh, Buddy started to show up. Ronky got his second. Kieran Jack got on the scoreboard. And you, just, and you just started to feel things ticking over for us, well, really. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And it was a bit of a turn. It was. And I think definitely I can speak for the three of us. When We know we're on and we know when we're not. So you look at games like when we played Port Adelaide and Adelaide, we just weren't hard early at all. But this, we came out hard in the first quarter. And, yeah, teams, teams can do that. They can, you know, if you go hard for a period of time, you can ease up just naturally. But we kept going. So that's when I thought, we're okay here. We're actually on. We're here to play footy. Yeah, absolutely. I love the persistence of the mids to find a way through. We talked about the back six and how good they were dealing with everything that West Coast mm. threw at them. But uh, Kennedy, Haney, Jones, uh, Florent in particular, and, and Hewitt, they were all terrific. Hannes and Parks did their bit as well. They were okay. Um, but it was a great job by our mids. Uh, just simply uh, too good. And during that stretch of, of 10 goals, we probably found it... Um, a bit more difficult than usual to find our normal uh, first option targets, Franklin, Haywood, Rowan. But I loved it that we were able to find Papley, find Cunningham, Ronk. find Ronk, um, and they were able to hit the scoreboard during that stretch. Can we, can we just touch on Ronk? That man is an energizer bunny. He just keeps going the second and third efforts. Going and going. Like he was, he going. was the fire starter in he that really second was. quarter. Yeah. And it's interesting you mentioned second and third efforts there. Here's another first-year player, Tommy McCartan. Huge. Love oh my God. How much? Mate. You know when there's a contest that he's going to either win or it's going to be in dispute. It's going to be a ball up because for a man his size to, to get down on the ground and follow up is so good to see. It's actually pretty clean below yeah, his knees. so clean. Well, Reed in the past has been such a great pressure forward for us as that taller player. McCartan coming into the side had to take that up. And what he did on the weekend, 16 disposals, nine contested, four marks, two contested, four one percenters, three tackles uh, and three score involvements. But those, um, the... Um, the tackles. A, the tackles, yeah, the pressure, the pressure that you get from the big man inside the forward half. That is just invaluable. There's that, and there's also, you know, you, you go back to what Hall said about Buddy in the first in the first round against West Coast. He just halves the contest yep. for us, and he just brings it to ground every time. He The way he's competing, he's keeping his spot. It's clear. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's clear to see. I mean, we won the tackles in Ford 50, 16 to 7. That's that's it's how huge. you win tough football games like that against quality opposition. You bring offensive pressure. And McCartan's a big part of that. So is wrong. Chief did well, I thought. Broke even, I would say, at least with Nick Nat and Lossett. And probably by the end, he might have just shaded them. The five tackles and five one percenters are probably the key stats for him from the weekend. Plenty of good work off the ball to just nullify Nick, Tom, Nick Nat's influence. That's the toughest assignment in footy, Tommy, against Nick Nat and Nui. Without a shadow of a doubt, for a ruckman. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, nothing, nothing. We're not used to this year, though. <laughs> yeah, he's just the big boy. A, he just he's... keeps going. Just keeps going. Another name you mentioned earlier, Tommy, Ollie Florent. 
Ollie. Oflo. Mate, there's something special about that bloke. Robbo said it at the start. He should be the favourite for the Rising Star, and there is no doubt about that. He's just absolutely smoking it at the moment. Smoking it. Six score involvements. Did we re-sign him? Have we got him on a... I, be- I believe we've, yeah. we've stitched him up. At, yeah, least, to, at least to 2020, uh, 2020, I think. Yeah. 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 I, should, I should bloody hope so, Mads. Yeah, Ex- well, extend that. Extend yeah, that. exactly. Just lock him <laughs> right away. Right now. Lock him away. Before he wins the rising star. <laughs> Good Lord. He's a, he's a jet, isn't he? Gun. Yeah, really superstar. Superstar. He's, he's a champion in the making, Ollie Florent. He's going to be one of the great ones for the next decade. So a f- fantastic performance from the boys. Um, grinded out anything that West Coast threw at us. Found a way to win, uh, as it has been the motto for much of this year. And 10 and 3 we into probably, this pie. We probably just... And that's a phenomenal effort, isn't it? Ten and three, but we probably just uh, glazed over uh, a man that we do enjoy getting around on this podcast, and that would be Georgie Boy Hewitt. Georgie who Boy nullified Luke Shuey. The scalp. What did he get? Fourteen disposals, Shuey. It wasn't many couldn't have been much that, more yeah. than that. That's another scalp. He's like Thanos. <laughs> He's just going around, just collecting uh, the Infinity Stones. He's unreal. He's absolutely unreal, George. And a cult, like you said, he's a cult favourite. Absolutely. Around the club. Everyone, we all love getting around him. Yeah, if you, if you were to give... Um, uh, we'll do this next week, but if you were to give a report card for any of the players, George would be right up there with the A-pluses oh, this year. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And to get... I think he had, what, 24 himself. Yeah. So to nullify someone and then get your own footy to the tune of, you know, almost 10 more disposals than your opposition player in, in Luke Shuey had. Unbelievable. Uh, we'll go th- uh, we'll and go- he can be a really dangerous player, Luke. Yeah. We'll go, really th- go through it now. 24 possessions, 13 contested at 88%. 88% and he had 13 contested. So that's, you know, he's doing, he's doing the grunt work and he's still hitting targets. Tommy, they are berserk numbers. Six Clearances, five intercepts on the defensive end, four score involvements up forward. So he's just such a balanced game, and he's stopped Shuey as well. So he's phenomenal, George. Indeed. But he's missed out on the votes. Would you believe it? George Hewitt couldn't snag a vote after that performance. That would have to be a pretty well-rounded effort then, Tommy. There's a bit of a recurring theme here, boys. I mean, there are... We come to these five votes, and that's your top five players, and every week... There is a list twice as long of the guys who were just stiff to miss out. Doing, playing their role. Yep, absolutely. Like they do week in, week out. Who got the uh, one vote, Tommy? Well, as Brian Taylor likes to say, Lloyd. Uh, Lloyd. Two firsty. Two uh, first names. Uh, 28 disposals at, if you don't mind, 93% efficiency for Jake Lloyd. Eight marks and 10 rebound 50s just in that first quarter when we were under fire. So cool and calm and composed. Reg was doing all the uh, the big contested stuff in the air and then he just handed off to Lloydie and he just sorted out. You mentioned two first names. I don't know if this is two first names, but they're two names. And, <laughs> two of the uh, same. And with the two votes, that's a Lear, a Lear, Benny. Mr. T. 18 disposals. Club of Lang. 83. Yeah, that's Club a, of Lang. That is spot one. on. Um, 83% efficiency. 10 marks, three of which were contested and eight, count them, eight, Benny, intercept possessions. Not a bad first game back. Yeah, you'd be pretty happy with that, wouldn't you? Oh, yes. That's a boy who's struggled to get on the park for the last uh, last two years. Big time. That's a hell of, that's a, that's a, that's a statement game, for sure. Uh, three votes, Benny Andrew. El Capitan. Ooh. 
JPK had an absolute belter. 28 disposals, 15 contested, 6 clearances, 3 tackles. Just a captain's game. Did yeah, he, he came. Superstar. Did he he saw. Goal? He conquered. He kicked the goal, didn't he? Yeah, he got one. Yeah, he got a... Um, there was a spot-up mark. Yeah. Uh, like dead like dead in front. Yeah. And he... Uh, and he absolutely drilled it. He did. He's a great set shot, isn't he? Oh, he's fantastic. Yeah. Very reliable. Similar to Parker in yeah. that in that. Which mode. is actually interesting. If you notice, he's got a very high ball drop. Yeah. There is actually a lot that can go wrong, but it just never seems to. So <laughs> credit to yeah, him. You never see him shank it kicking for goal, do you? No, you don't. No. Absolutely not. Four, Four votes for the votes. milestone man, Mads. That'd be Heath Grundy. Reginald. 20. You know his son's named Reg. There you go. Well, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Um, 23 disposals. Eight contested. Seven marks, three of which were contested. Eight one percenters, and isn't that the cornerstone of the man's game? Nine intercept possessions, winding back the clock, Tommy. Yeah, he's a star. He's an absolute star, Reg. He's reinvented. Has to be one of the most underrated players in the competition, has been for the last three or four years, should be an All-Australian centre-half back. Couldn't believe Daniel Talia got it a couple of years ago over him. He's not a patch on Reg. Baffling. Um, yeah, Reg, magnificent once again. 250, played out of his skin. I wonder if there's another 50 in it. Yeah, I would hope so. I'd, but, you know, yeah. to be honest... Uh, Does he need it? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. If he's play, Do we need look, it? If, he's play, need if, he, if his uh, performance stays to the standard that it was on Saturday night, I see no reason why you know not. Well, exactly. Exactly right. He needs another flag. Yeah, let's get him one. Yeah. Let's get him one, boys. Five votes. A gentleman I mentioned earlier. Young Ollie Florent. Oh, flow. Oh, flow. Oh, 29 of your finest. Ooh. Tommy, six marks. Mads, three clearances, four rebound 50s, four inside 50s. Unbelievable. Two stuff. intercept possessions, six score involvements with a direct goal assist. That's as complete as it gets without actually hitting the scoreboard um, and kicking a goal. He's done everything else there, Ollie. And he's a child. And that's what he's doing right now. Special. Stiff to miss. We've already gone over Hewitt. Smith, 20 disposals at 95% efficiency. How often would you be at 95% efficiency across the league? That is berserk. With 20 touches. I don't care if it's handballs. Yeah, it doesn't matter. To that's hit unbelievable. The target, Time after time after Three time. Three tackles, four one percenters, six rebound, fifties, and five intercepts. Intercepts. Uh, six rebound, fifties for Smitty. Well, that's the thing. Uh, just it's pretty impressive. Oh, it's and not what I would personally consider a, a a common stat for him. No, not at all. But uh, the commentators were talking a lot about how West Coast um, penetration, if you will, Benny, inside fifty was. Lackluster. It wasn't really lackluster. I just think we were making it look lackluster by, by cutting it off all the time. Yeah, it's not as if they were shallow wide entries. They were getting it into the right spots. It's just the boys were getting it done. Yeah. Again, the back six with no credit. 
Uh, and Heaney's probably the other one stiff to miss. He's in the votes every week. This week just missed out 22 disposals, eight contested, six marks, four intercepts, eight tackles, four of those tackles inside 50. Bloody hell. That forward pressure from Isaac. He does it all over the ground, but just missed out on the votes. But he still leads on the leaderboard by 10 votes, 34 votes for Isaac Heaney, 24 votes for Josh Kennedy in second place, equal third, uh, Callum Sinclair and Buddy Franklin. Parker in fifth with 17 votes, then McVeigh, Lloyd, Grundy, Rampy, Florent, Hayward, Hewitt, Ronk, Jones, Mills, Aaliyah, and Smith. I don't say it just because he's uh, leading our leaderboard. He has to be the front runner for our best and fairest. Yeah, definitely. And Brownlow Watch. Well, he's gone out to 101. He's actually gotten better week by week by week. And for some reason, his odds keep moving out. So I'll absolutely be going for the top five finish. Uh, I'll be going for... Uh, highest ranked Swan. He for the first half. He Gamble has been absolutely unbelievable. That's right. Gamble yeah. responsibly. A sensational first half of the year for Isaac Heaney and for all the Swannies. It's been a magnificent start, and we've got uh, a big second half of the year to come. And we will cover that and and uh, give our assessment of the players so far this year. We'll do that all next week, but. We've got uh, something different coming up after Ooh. our first break here on True Bloods. It's not the normal show that we go with, a buy-around special. We'll let you know what's happening straight after this. You're listening to True Bloods, the number one independent Sydney Swans fan podcast. Welcome back. Now, to- Tommy, this has nothing to do with Nick Blakey. I be- I reckon we've had the conversation six or seven times. I think you're being pretty pretty generous. Pretty, pretty probably lenient there. That stinger music is garbage. <laughs> and I reckon it would contribute to a lot of people turning off this podcast. <laughs> and it needs to be resolved. I'll fix it. I'll fix it. It's the buy round. You it's are hampering the growth <laughs> of our podcast. Okay. Stunting it. It's outrageous. I'll sort it out, boys. I'll sort it out. But uh, we did mention off the top of the show that we have something else special up our sleeves this week. This week, there's no obscure swan. Sorry for the fans of, uh, that, of is... that segment. It's not going to be here. No greatest swan of the past 25 Good years competition. Lord, you're just Sorry. taking away the things that no the people so- love. No social question. So Radical. Yeah, well, it's a buy round, so we, they'll all be back next week. But we thought, considering it is the buy round, we'll do something a little bit different. So... True Bloods fans, brace yourselves. We are taking a trip down memory lane back to the mighty years of 2005 and, of course, 2012 for a little bit of Premiership Memories recap. Now, very excited about this. Look out. So, 2005, a glorious year, a glorious year, and it started, well, the team that was assembled for that 2005, it started probably back in at the end of 2002 when Rocket finished up and it had been a side that was written Woozy. was written off by all in sundry after Kelly, Lockett, Schwoss and Ruse had retired. Dunkley. Dunkley, another Dunks. one. Yep, Dunks. They, they all moved Schwoss. out at once. So everyone was tipping us for the wooden spoon 2003. We un, But under Ruse that year, we proved the doubters wrong, made a prelim, uh, and that side just started to grow legs around that time. And um, the question marks were still there, though, whether we could take a season by the scruff of the neck and, and be the best team of the year. That was still a question mark, but... 
then at the end of 04, Creswell retired. Yep. And then early in 2005, Maxfield, who was the captain, um, got injured and he had to retire and, as well. And he... Um, one of the that architects. Was a, that was the... He's, what, One key, of the architects. Well, key architect of the, of the culture. Yeah, it was a big blow, but as we know now, he may not have played in the flag, but his influence on that team was very much profound. Invaluable. Um, that year, 2005, we were at 3-3 three and three earlier in the year, up and down for a fair part of the home and away season, but we came into great form in that last month before finals. Remember Hawley booting seven in uh, in a win over Essendon at Etihad, which gave the group a, yes. a lot of confidence. Uh, the following following week, I think you'll both remember very fondly, we belted Brisbane, who'd been tormenting everyone for the previous four years, by 84 points at ANZ. Kennelly kicked that spin goal where that he was ran one around of the best Vossi. goals I've ever seen. And then uh, in the last round, belted Hawthorne and Hawley. He selflessly refused to kick the goal when the Coleman medal was on the line. It was right there for the taking, but he passed off and very selfless. And I, I think the confidence that we gained in those last four weeks of 2005 really propelled us for a great final series and really brought us crashing back to earth with a narrow loss to west coast in the the qualifying qualifying, it was we finished third west coast finished second and i couldn't believe that free kick was paid against leo barry if if we hadn't won the flag i'd still be talking about about that tyson stengline free kick he duped the umpire and that cost us a big final indeed so we lost that one and had to play a knockout final at the SCG in the wet against Geelong and we were absolute rubbish for three quarters. Looked gone at three-quarter time with just three goals on the scoreboard and then David Johnson put one through early in the last to make it four goals to win. Enter the saviour. The saviour. It was one of the greatest things I've ever witnessed in history. Mate, I was ready to pack away the kit till round one 2006 when David Johnson well, put we that all were. through. Yeah. We all were. 23 points down, time ticking, didn't look anything near a side that could kick four goals and win a big final. But luckily we had that one man who was able to do it all on his own. Came to save us, Tommy. Unbelievable. Think think back to the showdown earlier this year between Port and Adelaide, obviously. That game, Adelaide kicked three goals in a couple of minutes. Mm Mm-hmm. And they put themselves back in the lead with about 20 seconds to go. And then Motlop popped up on the back of a centre clearance and kicked a goal. Yep. That is what happened in our game, but only one player did it. Correct. It was off the back of one bloke. He doubled our score in about five minutes. And in the wet, in the, on the smallest, most congested ground in the league and in a big final. It is the single Call. best quarter of individual performance that there has ever been and ever. probably ever will be. Yep. And I just want to make it's it... It's a big call, but it's the right one. But, but it, it is because just... Based on the gravity. Yeah, based on the gravity the, of the, the situation. situation. But everything surrounding it, which a lot of people don't understand, A, he had barely done anything all night. Like, he had done nothing. We hadn't even been able to kick four goals up until that point. It was his man, David Johnson. It, it, correct. That kicked that he, goal. Yeah, he had let him go. Uh, Paul Rose and Nick Davis did not get along at all and they struggled to sort of stay in the side that whole year just for him to... Didn't mind the froffies, I heard. Oh. Or the KFC. Correct. He was, the he, was KFC. A, he was a bit chubby, but he had unbelievable football intelligence. With all that... It's a bit, one of the best set shots all, that ever represented. Correct, oh. correct, correct. So, I, think, I think I've actually mentioned that earlier in the year. With all that encompassed... It made it the best individual effort I've ever seen. 
Yeah, and I think it was when David Johnson kicked that goal at the start of the last quarter, Brett Kirk went up to Nick Davis, grabbed him, and was like, mate, you yep. owe us. You owe us now. That was your man, because it was. David Johnson was playing back pocket on Davis. So, mm-hmm. unbelievable from Davo. Well, and then the following week, uh, St Kilda had beaten the first-placed Adelaide in Adelaide and had the week off coming into a home prelim, and they were strong favourites to knock us off. Swans having, obviously, as we just mentioned, just gone down to the wire in Perth and then having scrapped home in the, in the wet conditions in, against Geelong. St Kilda, the fresher side, theoretically, should have run out the game a little bit better. And, again, at three-quarter time, we were down... Looked like we probably couldn't get back up with the likes of Rewalt and Gehrig and Robert Harvey, Lenny Hayes, Goddard, Luke Ball, Del Santo, Montagna, Aussie Jones. They Aussie had a great Jones. side. Great side, all up and about the Sainers. Enter Ryan O'Keefe. Enter, Enter Adam Schneider. Yeah. Enter the Swans. Yeah. Well, what happened next, that was just so special. Um, Kirky, it, Kirky got cleaned up, went off, got his stitches, came back on. And it was his three-quarter time passionate plea to the boys that, to give the teammates, he wanted his teammates to just give everything in that last quarter, and, and they did. Seven goals to zip. Schneider man with three. Mickey popped up with two. Hawley kicked a huge goal running away from Matt Maguire, who got a little little tummy tuck. Uh, Rock kicked a big set shot, and then it was all over. Swanee's into the grand final. It it happened so quickly. It was one of the best nights of my life. Still to this day, I regard that St Kilda game as one of the greatest nights of my life. Sitting with about 10 St Kilda supporters. We comfortably beat them too. (laughs) Yeah, oh, yeah, we ran over the top of them. Seven points down at three-quarter time, kicked seven goals to naught in the last quarter. And I remember just seeing my Saints mates with their heads in their hands. They're just like, they've done it again. They bungled it up. But the thing is, they also, they more or less, it felt like they had the best, the best of the, us yeah. for, the entire, yep. for most of the game up until then. And I, I, I was also surrounded by some security supporters. Uh, but even though we were sort of there, thereabouts on the scoreboard, it just... Didn't feel Felt like, like it. yeah. Well, yeah. remember remember how dominant St Kilda was at the start of that year? Like, they started the year was with whole, an absolute blinder. That, they looked at that point of the year, at the start of that prelim final, when the first ball, when the first, uh, when it was bounced at the start of that game, they were the favourites for the flag. Was, they were the shortest price favourites to go on mm, and win it. Pardon my ignorance, was that the year that they had a winning streak and we beat them at home? No, that was the previous year, 2004. Right, okay. 2004. Yeah, that's, right, that's right. But they were still they they were were still up dominant. That was, yeah. What can't be underestimated in that game is St Kilda's lack of a proper tap ruckman. They had Trent Noble, who was a bit how are um, and they had Justin Kaczynski, who was chopping him out. We had Jason Ball and Darren Jolly, yeah. and they dominated that last quarter. Absolutely yep. dominated it. That can't be underestimated. I would have thought. Into the big dance. The mate. big dance. And the 22 that took the field that day for the Sydney Swans are legends. It's a, it was a combative outfit with not as many big names as you'd probably expect in, was, in uh, premiership sides. It was blue collar. I completely agree. It was I blue collar. And, and you look at it compared, and we'll read out the team in a, in a moment, but you look at it compared to that West Coast side that midfield, which is star-studded. It was, Full of raw ability, yeah. and we were just raw grunt. Should we go from the back line? We should. Jared Crouch, number 28. He was a cracker, Jared oh. Crouch. And you know, devout Catholic, didn't, didn't drink. Didn't, didn't drink. Do anything like just that. Ackermanus hated him. They were some battles, weren't they? Uh, number 21. Leo, Leo Barry. Well, we'll, Barry. We'll get to him in a little bit. Number 30, Lewis Roberts-Thompson. The great man, LRT, the hyphenator. Number four, 
Benny Matthews. Oh, I know oh, that name. Tommy Flanagan. Yeah, no, a couple of, couple of Christmases with uh, Benny Matthews. <laughs> he, he's a great man, Benny Matthews. Always played the roles that Ruzy required. Dower. Number six, Craig Bolton. Ever reliable down Ooh. back. One of the most underrated defenders of that era. Yep, I would absolutely agree with that. And number 17, the Irish River Dancer. The, the experiment. Ty Canelli. Still with the club? Yes. Doing work yeah, with the Neaffle side? Yeah. Tommy, onto the, uh, onto the centre row. The centre line. Well, we had Shawnee Dempster on the wing, and he went straight to Cousins at the opening bounce and did a pretty good job. Uh, a Goods, three votes in the uh, centre. And Eamon Buchanan, who played a vital role in that game, number 32, out on the other wing. Not to mention a particular act. Yes, yes. and we will get to that. Absolutely. Uh, on the half-forward line. How's this half-forward line? Oh, I said it wasn't very star-studded, but I mean, there's a couple of stars here, I dare to say. Ryan O'Keefe, Pebbles, Rock, whatever you want to call him, he was a friggin' legend. Had a, an amazing year that year too. Correct. He was fantastic. Uh, one of my faves, big, bad, bustling Barry Hall. Barry one of, Hall. One of all of our faves. He was actually playing on Brent Staker that whole day. Who knew what was to come? Uh, Jude Bolton. On the other half, forward line. Hey, Jude. Good Lord. Judas. Uh, we, we love Jude. Absolute legend. Uh, and, and in that game, he had the, the helmet. He got split yep. open. He was wearing yep. the helmet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Paul Williams, Michael O'Loughlin, and Nick Davis. You want to talk about line. underrated players, Paul Williams. Paul Williams. Could the cool, kick a, the could cool kick. head. The cool head. Good Lord. Bloke could kick a goal on the run. And following, Darren Jolly, Captain Kirky. And Ablett, Lukey Ablett, who is, the forgotten Ablett, who is lucky to not be living in absolute infamy right now. Yeah, well, there was an incident uh, on on this day that he would like to take back, but lucky. No, we, well, it doesn't matter. He doesn't need to take it doesn't back matter. because we won. But if we lost, oh dear, very different story. Interchange, mm. Benny. Interchange, Jason Ball, Paul Bevan. Oh. Cat's head. I mean, that's one way to put it. Adam Schneider and Nick Fosdyke, another bloke who played the best game of his life in 2005. Juddy robbed him. Absolutely robbed him. Yeah, Juddy was pretty good that day. (laughs) (laughs) But... And what a day it was, a magical drought-breaking day, and it was in- intense as it gets until that final siren sounded. It was such a tough contest, as they always were, against that Eagles side. Uh, Kirky had his head bandaged up. Uh, mentioned Jude had the helmet on, so it was a very uh, tough contest for four quarters. A couple of great moments that I remember. Goodsy bursting through the pack in that second quarter to snap yep. truly. Absolutely vital when we needed a moment of brilliance there. Um, Hawley's massive mark on Darren Glass. Yeah. And then going back Captain's from 55 goal. when we were, what was it, it's on the brink the game at that point. Yep. If he hadn't put that through, it was just about all over. Can the time, I, time I, was elapsing. Can I give you a moment? Crouch taps to Schneider and then Schneider just kept it in front of him, put it out to, to Mickey O. Uh, oh, sorry, Mickey O put it out, put a quick handball out to Schneider as he kept running through. Yeah, that was it. first quarter, yeah. that one. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Something always sticks in my mind. The Eagles got off to a flyer. They, but, they yeah. started really bloody well, but it was actually Darren Jolly who okay. went back on a pretty tight angle 
and slotted a drop punt to put us on the board and and give the boys a bit of a yeah, jab yeah. saying, we're here. Well, well, we needed it. Quell the momentum a little bit. Cox and Nikoski both kicked those early goals, as you're alluding to there. And yeah, we were in trouble if they got the next one, but it was pretty important that we came back hard and we did. Another one was um, Dempster got the ball on the wing and just was running at Ben Cousins and just shrugged a tackle from him. It was phenomenal. And then hit Ty Canelli on the chest. And then Ty kicked a goal and people in Ireland went berserk, Tommy. They did. And that was great. It was on the feed. Great On the feed. It was a beautiful drop punt there from Ty. One that I'll remember as well. I think it was the first quarter. Benny Matthews just crunched Cousins in a massive tackle. It was just trademark Benny Matthews. Yeah, that was cracking. I remember that. Uh, Later in the game, well, we already mentioned Hawley's massive mark on glass and pressure set shot. Jason Ball and Eamon Buchanan mm. replicating the Nick Davis heroics from a fortnight earlier with what turned out to be the match-winning goal. And mm. Bucky in congestion just did his thing. And, and we, we know um, the way Eamon Buchanan played. He probably wasn't the most silky operator with the ball in hand. Just but hard-nosed. Yeah, yeah, the grind. Uh, he, he just knew where to be and... The commentators, the commentators actually mentioned Nick Davis right before that play. They said, and they're like, where's Nick Davis? Well, no, it's Eamon Buchanan. But it was so silky, the way that happened. Yeah, it was, I think it was Robert Walls who called yeah. that. He said, Where, yeah. where's Nick Davis? Yep. Special mention should also go to Kirky. Because as Juddy started to stake his claim on the game, Kirky just went, no, 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 boys. Get out of my way. Correct. Went straight to him. And just wore him like a glove. And we needed so it. It's really hard to negate the impact that a guy like Chris Judd was able to have on the game. Kirky did it. But, it, you know, and it's the thing where you, you look at it and it doesn't matter, even if he sort of kicks, uh, gets 30 and, and kicks two, it's kind of like, well, bloody hell, what would he have done if we hadn't made that move? Correct. Yep. Can we, can we just touch on Luke Ablett? Yeah, yeah, go for it. That was... I mean, Heart in your mouth. It, it was a cardinal sin. It's you, you just don't do it. You don't do it in any sport. You don't kick across your own goal, let alone the final quarter of a grand final with Ben I've Cousins. done it, and I wore the consequences. <laughs> dragged, not in a grand final. Not in a grand final. Were you? Yeah, it wasn't ideal. Right. Uh, it was just before quarter time, so I copped a bit of spit. I don't, but, think, uh, I don't think I ever made it to the defensive half in my career, so I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> but, I mean, if we had lost... Somebody get that kid a pie! <laughs> <laughs> if we had lost, I don't know how we'd manage to get over that. Yeah, oh, well, now looking back on it, it's probably one that he fast-forwards through when he watches the replay, <laughs> but, but uh, he'll get straight to the end where... Of course, the, the magical moment that broke the drought, Leo Barry's mark, the amazing mark, and that'll be remembered forever, not just in Swans history, not just in footy history, but it's an iconic moment that sits there with the greatest moments in Australian sport. Correct. And I'm so glad that, that we're a part of it. And that, to me, is the best moment in grand final history, without a shadow of a doubt. And I know even people who don't back for Sydney agree, because, again, we talked about the situation with Nick Davis. That situation, can you get that, that? That's the sort of thing that you practice in the backyard, you know, with your brother or, or your cousins. Just and, and the outpouring of emotion after that at the ground and in the 
surrounding precincts and uh, anywhere in South Melbourne that you'd go to after. It was just incredible. The people crying, people haven't seen a Swans win ever in their life, have been uh, on the planet for 50, 60, 72 years for some people and they'd never seen a, a grand final win. So, yeah, it was an amazing, amazing day. And I, I was only 15 at the time, just a little tacker. Likewise, but could yeah. still appreciate the, the magnitude of what it meant to the Bloods faithful. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it will likely remain the longest premiership drought with the way that the game is played now. You reckon Melbourne, that, Melbourne and St Kilda are going to get there before the 72? I think that the game... Uh, yeah, I feel like, yeah, the AFL will step in now. They will simply just step in and make sure. Look, what happened with Melbourne? They... they 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 will enforce their will. They'll get who they need to the club. They'll support the club however they need to. They've still got to win it on the day though. If yeah, they, they do. They come yeah, up against a great they do. Side. But what I'm what I'm trying to say is, uh, they need. They will be supported to get there. With the players necessary, with the coaches necessary, don't know whatever it is. I I don't see another club going through a drought quite like seventy two years. I think now that Geelong have got theirs, the Doggies have got theirs, uh, it will be... I'll tell you what, the only bet, the only team that's looking like it might not get there is Frio. <laughs> Gold, Gold Coast won't get there, I can guarantee you that. Yeah, well, actually, that's a good point. But you know what? Before, I, I reckon they'll, they will fold before yeah. they get to 72 years. 100%. Drought. Correct. Where were you guys watching 2005? Was it, did you, were you with mates? Were you at the ground? I was, was unfortunately at home. Um, well, not unfortunately. I was with my family, who were all blood supporters, which was which was fantastic. But uh, but couldn't couldn't get to the game. But I, I remember vividly sitting there with with my dad and him, my mum actually having having to remove herself from the room because he was, especially when Luke Ablett kicked across goal. I think he almost put the remote control through the TV. It uh, was not a happy man. But oh god, jubilant, jubilant scenes afterwards. I, I remember crying. Benny. Melbourne Cricket Club, level one, centre wing. Delightful. About, Not far away from me. About eight rows back from the interchange bench. Good spot. Mint. Cracking spot. Saw all of the blood. It was great. <laughs> I was also level one MCC. I was front row and I was right in line with Leo Barry's mark. I was about 30, 35 metres out in the MCC. That's level one. one. It was unbelievable. Do you sit there always now? Yes, I sat there for 12 as well, which of course, after the break, is what we're going to get stuck right into, the 2012 memories. Um, any last thoughts on 2005 before we move on and take a break, boys? Most iconic grand final win for our club, and it will remain, the, it will remain that way one until the, the end of time. One of the best grand finals, just period. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Period. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, I, I I just really tout the fact that we were so workmanlike and just played as a we were a champion team against a team of champions, as far as I was concerned, and, and we came yeah, out and, and and against all odds and through all yeah, criticism, correct. So and we got called ugly. Our football style got yeah. called ugly by the CEO during the year. How what what sweeter victory than to win the grand final? Yeah, that was brilliant. I love, I love that. I love that where you just rub it into Demetrio just after he had a go at us. Absolute flog of a human being. So it was Sydney Swans. 8-10. He's actually a really nice guy. 
Great blokes. Yeah, very down to earth. So it was the Sydney Swans, 8-10-58, defeating the West Coast Eagles, 7-12-54, 2005 AFL Premiers. This is True Bloods. We'll be back after this. You're listening to True Bloods, the number one independent Sydney Swans fan podcast. Welcome back to True Bloods. Now, we've covered 2005 and all the glory that was that uh, glorious year in that game. Now, let's move on to 2012, which was equally as glorious, magnificent day and a magnificent year. And uh, it started um, started interestingly. But very convincingly. It was very, very convincing. Uh, it was, but it was an odd way to start with the new team, the GWS Giants, coming into the competition. I was up there at ANZ Stadium to watch that. Um, How was the atmosphere there, Tommy? Oh, it was it was interesting. It was a great buzz. Um, I think Sydney were the, the New South Wales and Sydney itself as a city were really excited to see. Were they? Did two they? Teams. Did they care? Oh, they seemed to. They seemed at to? the at the ground. It seemed a real vibrance about. Well, there's a rivalry. There's oh. sudden. There's suddenly a rivalry in New South Wales, and uh, since then we've seen it build and build further. But. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a great night. I really enjoyed it. I, um, at half time, I went outside and um, was having a chat to a couple of randoms that I didn't don't know many too many people in Sydney um, personally. But I was ch- chatting to a couple of randoms at the half time break outside. And he manages to pull a few shears towards him, old Tommy. He's a magnet and they were, a beacon, if you will, Benny. And there was five or six of them, and they were massive rugby league fans. knew nothing about footy, but they'd just come down, bought GWS jumpers, GWS scarfs, and got into the spirit of it. And oh, they said, good. "This is our first game of footy. We're really enjoying it. Swans are winning. We don't care. That's you know." That, it's our first time we've means seen we GWS. Can go and get pissed. Yeah, it means we can. Yeah, we're not too uh, stressed about the result. It means we can enjoy the night. And what are you doing later? So, anyway, um, <laughs> good blokes. That is really red, blokes. that is red behaviour, Tommy. <laughs> red behaviour. <laughs> really good blokes. But uh, that year, I remember the two home and away games that we played against the Hawks very fondly. Firstly, Goodsy's record breaker yes. in round five, where the great man turned it on in the second half in Tassie to roll over the top of the Hawks. and then Which was just huge. I remember that, like, daylight. That goal he kicked from the boundary. Yeah. Oh, yep. my God. Yeah, we, well, there's no way we would have won that game without him. Well, I think we were 20 points down, or 22 points down it was at halftime, and mm-hmm. Goods just turn the game just about single-handedly Kennedy was fantastic in that game as well got to give a bit of credit to him for his work in the middle but good in the forward half fantastic 2012 was it wasn't his breakout year Kennedy no. it's where he yeah. really came late to and, get noticed and well staked his claim on on being a, on a being a super premium uh inside mid and that second match against Hawthorne was a, an absolute classic as well we lost um, at the SCG, it was Brad Sewell who bombed that goal from 55 with about a minute left. But that was one of the greatest home and away mm. games ever played, mm. still to this day. I, I think that's one of the best games I've ever seen. Um, and that stitched up top spot on the ladder for the Hawks. 
uh, we ended up finishing third and went to Adelaide, seemingly fully confident that we were a better side than them, and our champs proved that throughout the oh, afternoon. didn't we? Rock, 37 and eight tackles. JPK, 35 and a goal, and Goodsy, three massive goals. Also that day, the great Morto showed what he was capable of with a couple. <laughs> it is boy. What a world we live in <laughs> where world. Mitch Morton has a premiership medallion. The great Morto. It was fantastic. He, he did his job. Tommy and I were discussing this the other night. That oh, so you guys talk. You guys often talk. In that that time. I was driving him home. Or... I'm a I'm a good friend. Um, we were discussing. Oh, we were discussing how somebody potentially gets a game that maybe doesn't deserve it. And it all depends on how they play, isn't that right, Tommy? <laughs> it is. If he if he had a uh, not had a touch for the day, sat on the bench and got subbed off in the third quarter with one one disposal, then we would have been like, oh, geez, a lucky premiership player. But he comes out and kicks two, sets up a couple, and oh, fully Against, des- fully yeah. deserving more. Oh, fully deserving. And he was, he was a like, moment and, for Benny McGlynn. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It was hundred percent. It was pretty devastating to see. It was a somber note to see him Correct. after yeah. after the game. He, you, you know, he was trying to smile through the pain, but you could see it. Yeah, he was gutted, gutted as you would be. He was such again one of the the main contributors to that that season. He was Mister Consistency. Yeah, and, he was fantastic. Uh, yeah. He was awesome. And so so unfortunate for him. Missed yeah. out in '08 with the Hawks. Missed out in '12 with us. And, and missed then, out in 2014. And then lost in 2014. And yeah, yeah, 2014. Yeah. And 16. 16 and yeah. 16 as well. So, yeah, yeah unfortunate uh, grand final days for Benny McGlynn, but an honorary premiership player, if you can ever have one for 2012. He played such a great part. Without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, after that Adelaide game, we went to ANZ to take on Collingwood in the prelim. JPK booted the first, got us off to a great start. Then Jets ran the whole field for... Well, never forget that. That's when I sort of thought, hey, we're on this year. Like that, that was a defining moment, I felt. We had a terrible record against Collingwood. Awful. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure we lost to them about a month earlier. Uh, same game, same venue. ANZ, yep. I, I think Pendlebury had an absolute blinder. I think that's uh, where our everyone's hatred of ANZ came from. The fact that we'd always play Collingwood there, there'd always be like 60,000 there and we'd lose. Not just that. We also we always got blokes injured when we played yeah. there as well. It was crap turf. Crap yeah, turf. Shocking. Shocking. Garbage. Garbage ground. In Glad we don't case, play there anymore. There, I just had the tail up. I was at a friend's house watching that game, and I was one of the only people watching it. We absolutely pulled the damn roof in hmm. in that game. It was part. It was party time. Yeah. Well, what once we knew the result was going to go our way, it became a big party for Jude oh, Bolton's three yeah. hundredth, and, and Jude he was able to cap it off with a goal at the end um, to finish things off. LRT at centre half forward kicked a couple. It was a nightmare for the Pies, and I reckon uh, after that, Clarko might have thought, well, he, I reckon he'll stay forward for the grand final once we got through. Didn't turn out that way, as we'll get to. <laughs> as we'll get as to. As we'll get to shortly. But, uh, yeah, great win against the Pies. And then, once again, off to the big dance. And we weren't favourites going into this one. The Hawks came in strong well, favourites. They finished first. They'd beaten us at the SCG a few weeks before. And were, realistically, the the best side through the home and away competition. They what? were the toughest uh, toughest opponents to, to line up against. What I love about the whole thing is 
in the same vein that I harp on about the fact that 2016 was our flag, 2012 was their flag. Yep. Without a doubt. They were, yep. the, be- they were the best team all year. It was theirs to lose. And even though they got us a couple of years later, it still stings them. Mm. It still yeah, hurts absolutely. them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it got off the way that it, uh, the way that it finished. Nicky Malch. Nick, yeah, Nicky Malczewski. Wow. He, what? That, that, his first goal How's is that, obscene. The his first from the goal they were both is obscene. from the gutter. Yeah. Mate, he's basically up, uh, up in East Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable. But we didn't score another goal for the rest of the first quarter. The Hawks came back hard. Um, I think it was Gunston and Bruce and Franklin who... Well, kind of steady. Bruce. His goal kind of steadied it for us because yeah. they got off to a, to a ripping start. Yeah. Yeah. Xavier Ellis kicked the first one, then Mal, and then those other Hawks players got involved. But the second quarter... Yeah, it took the foot off the pedal, didn't they? Yeah, the Hawks? They, we they really, we really got on top of them. We went absolutely berserk. Six, goal, six goals to naught in that second quarter. It was outstanding. I remember uh, Kennedy kicked the big one at the start from the set shot. Yep. That was huge. It just yep. got, got us going. Uh, McVeigh grabbed one, uh, little snappy check side sort of thing from the boundary. Um, and then Mordo. Mordo. The Mordo show. Two within two minutes. Unbelievable. The mini Mordo. And he had a little bit of help from Goodsy. Goodsy just socketed him one or two, gave him a little hand, cheeky hand pass, said, here you go, Mordo, get yourself going. And Mordo kicked a couple. Here you and- go, Mordo. Make a name for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it's your name in history, son. So but- 16 points up it was at halftime. But we knew the Hawks were going to come hard in the second half, and they sure did. They uh, kicked five in a row to take the lead. Uh, Roughhead rough yeah. kicked the opening one, I think. There was a frightening goal that yep. was a centre clearance from Hawthorne Isaac straight Smith. into Isaac, Isaac Smith, Smith and who absolutely launched it from about 52, 53 metres and as soon as he kicked it, it was never missing. It was, it was never missing and it was like, and it was, oh, it's, it was, a big, it it's was game a, on. It was a big, oh. Yeah. And it was Jetta. It was Jetta who was had the job on Isaac Smith at that stoppage and just got sucked into the contest, let Isaac Smith get out. And then straight after that, I believe it was McVeigh who went up to um Jetta and said, We we need something from you. Yep. And we did get it later in the day. Uh but at that point in time, Hawks had all the momentum. They'd kick five in a row, they were on top of us. Enter a slice of luck with Jordan Lewis gets brought down by Jared McVeigh, Grand uh, Southern Stand Wing. Yep. Mitchell, Sammy Mitchell, just uh, tosses one over Jared McVeigh's head. Had to be straight back to him. 50-metre penalty. Very, very costly. Jared McVeigh, never going to miss that one from 35 metres out directly in front. Phenomenal. We take the lead on three-quarter time by a point. And I dare say... Bit of momentum. But... There was, and I was, I was feeling very hopeful. I was at the ground, as I'm sure you two were as well. Um, Bruce and Hale, I reckon, within the first two minutes. Yep. Rioli sets up Bruce, Hale out of the um, ruck contest, Mumford had gassed My it. heart was sinking. I reckon that David Hale's the biggest downhill scare in the history of football. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, I, yeah, maybe it is a bit rough, That's but rough. I just Dis- hate him. Disagree. I, disagree. I, I I've, seen, I've seen far worse yeah. players than David Hale. Um, oh, I don't know. I'm not saying he's bad, but I'm just saying his potential really only came out when they were. But, but anyway, look, I'm with the story. Yeah, they that that made me sort of go, oh, I don't know. They're, they're a solid side. So after that hail goal, 13 points down, and then Buddy gets a set shot yep. from 50. It looks straight across the face, and then it just fades. Thank at God, the last second. 
Key. Uh, that was, I've never been biting my nails harder than that moment right there. Then you had Dan Hanabry kick the kick the goal from about 50 and advise everyone to get around Look at him, me, look at me. Which was f- sensational. And then... <laughs> Flapping the hands. Which was probably my favourite moment of the... One of my favourite moments from the 2012 Grand Final when Young fell over and Kieran Jack. Young fell over. <laughs> Young fell over. Spud Frawley. Yeah, it was Love sensational. That. Yeah, that... That was, that was, that was the huge, turning point. That was a huge moment. That was. Level the scores. Yeah. Just quickly on the previous one, the Hanbury goal, that was where Jeddah redeemed himself yep. for the, yeah. the Smith goal just earlier. Just the salts that, and candy. That slap just yep. just slapped it. Matna and, and Jeddah combined, and yeah, it was really important from Lewis. The big goal where Young fell over, and we haven't mentioned yet the man who did his knee, he did his PCL, continued he, to play, and had a walk. score involvement in every single goal in the second half. He Adam literally, Bruce. he literally yeah. couldn't walk. Or couldn't change direction, rather. And you're right, he had a, he was involved in every single goal. Just goes to show, nothing a little bit of cortisone can't fix. <laughs> but, but he still that's, not to down, that's not to downplay what he did. Because every time he looked across, he was limping, hobbling. And he was slow. When you watched him off the ball, he was slow to, to recover and move yeah. back to position and things like that. And credit to Horse as well for leaving him out there. That, of course, was a year where yeah. the sub rule was in effect. Luke Parker's 100% fresh, ready to go, and to back in goods, Horse there. Great decision. I'm sure it would have been a tough one. He would have been thinking, gee, do I, get, do I, do I just pull him out and bring in a fresh bloke? He would have gone back into the coach's box and gone, oh, I don't know if I made the right call there. But in his mind, he would have been thinking, I can't sub out Goodsy. Can yeah, I? yeah. I can't well, sub out Goodsy. Well, more, moreover, if Goodsy's there going, I can play. I mean, keep me in the game. Yep. You, you're going to keep him in the game every day. Correct. Week. Yep. Correct. Um, another key moment, and this is, this is a moment I loved Marty Matner. Oh, stop it. This it, is arguably my favourite moment of the day. They they were they were out, they were out. There were players everywhere, fought of the ball, and he all he had to do—it's <laughs> magical. He did it. It is magical. The run, the chase, the tackle, the recovery. Oh God, it was. And he ridiculous. got up. And he got up and he gathered the ball and he knew. I think it was Sam Mitchell was coming at him and he just ran straight into him and then got pushed over the boundary. And that for me, that was the grand final. Unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. And then the moment that finished it all off, capped it off, the 2012 Premiership. Melcho. Mal, as the the stoppage went up. Got knocked down Felt by Hanbury, Hanbury, Hans, Melcheski. Is, Is that, that the grand final? Sydney are premiers. Best moment ever. Too good. The best so moment good. ever. Too good. Still gives me tingles. Yep. And uh, yeah, final siren sounded shortly later. Alex Johnson with the last kick, who unfortunately yeah. we haven't seen since, but I'm sure oh. he's push, pushing as hard as he can to get back into the side and we might see him again in the near future. That'd be great. He had a great day that day, by he the was way. Solid. Cracking. So a solid. cracking day. Where, where were you? Hijacked the mic. It was yeah, fantastic. He did. he did. That was gags. Where, <laughs> where were you for it, Tommy? Exact same position as I was in 2005, sitting there, prime pause for Mal Snap at the end. Level uh, one. I was uh, upstairs next to God. Um, as was I. I was literally about three or four rows from the back. <laughs> um, funny story. 
is that I because they opened up the reserve to restricted members that day because mm-hmm. the MCC has a uh, an obligation to fill the reserved capacity. So they opened it up to restricted members. I bought my ticket on the morning. Uh, there was a complication with my credit card when I purchased and it didn't go through. I didn't think it had worked. I called them. Turned out it had worked. I got the ticket. I was absolutely over the moon. I got there and I went up and saw my folks who were sitting uh, two rows in front of me. And I thought, oh, yeah, I'll bugger it, I'll just, buddy, I'll just sit here. And when someone tells me to move, uh, halfway through the third quarter, uh, second quarter, rather, um, the person whose seat I was in had actually been taken to hospital. Nothing serious, nothing serious, but they fainted. Jeez. Uh, and they, the wow. people came up to, they said, oh, yeah, we're collecting their stuff. Do you know this person? I'm like, oh. Yes. <laughs> Are they okay? Oh, that's great. Someone else is with them okay. I'm going to stay here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, a lot of things went right that day. A lot well, of things went right. I, absolutely. And I had a similar one. I got a ticket off an AFL member. I'd, I'd been searching all week and then I found one and I, I got the ticket off them. But I was going to be sitting by myself. I didn't I didn't care. Couldn't couldn't have cared less. I just wanted to be I don't think there. anyone's on their own no. on grand final day. No, correct. But I was with a mate, um, a very, very, very good friend of mine who's no longer with us, actually. And he's a big he's a big bloods man. He was the only blood supporter I knew back then. And he was I was up the top, exact opposite to the MCC. And he Center was, wing, great southern stand. Yeah, correct. And he was sun in your eyes. He was just outside the MCC, but essentially at the same spot. Um, it was all packed where we were, and I reckon it was about fifteen or twenty minutes into the first quarter, and there was an empty seat next to me. <laughs> I said, "Chris, I reckon reckon we're on here. We'll give it ten minutes." But he came over. We got to got to watch the entire game together. Unreal. Which was that's, that's, uh, that, that's awesome. That, yeah, yeah. Good things happen to good people. Indeed, indeed. Um, and what a day! I what was, day. I was the amount of strangers I hugged. Yeah, would have, would oh. have been in the hundreds. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I'd never been out. In, I had. I didn't really go out in South Melbourne that often. No, no one does. <laughs> really? My god! I was basically a. It was like a pub crawl. Yeah, after uh, after, after the after rising that. sun afterwards, and the, everyone was oh, just going off. I tried, re- I tried to go to the rising sun, repeat. but it was um, it was two chockers. They were they were like you couldn't get in. Yep, what a day! Unbelievable. And from the back line, it was Reese Shaw, Teddy Richards, and Ducky Shaw, the Waddle, and Marty Matner. What a, what a great full back line that was! Unbelievable. Teddy Richards, resilient. His best his best year, twenty twelve, without a doubt. Won the, all, won the golden all, fist. Yeah, won the golden fist. Was was all Australian. Number thirty four, Alex Johnson, Reg Grundy, Smooch. You look at the names in that back six. How just diligent, resilient is that? Those six names: Shaw, Richards, Matner, Johnson, Grundy, Smith. Unrivaled, I reckon. Aside from um, aside from Matner, they were all quite. Young too. Well, not not young, but certainly certainly not old or in prime positions Aging. in their career. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Center um, line, Matt. Lewis Jetta won the gold medal. 
Yeah, burnt Cyril. That was a moment. Wasn't and then, that a moment? So it sprints about 100 metres and then still puts it on the boot yeah. about 55 metres. And Cyril pushed him afterwards. Mm. Coward. Coward. Um, then Spoilers. it was Then it was Kieran Jack. Two vital goals. Yes. Dan Hannabury. Should have won the norm. Should have. Should have been norm. Definitely. What about half forward, Benny? Chip, chip. The birdie. Hey, how great. How he was, great. Yeah, it, it was, it was such a great seven for our club. It yep. was. And then. Unceremoniously four. dumped at the end, but yeah, off to, off to, <laughs> off to Essendon. Off to Essendon and career no longer. But uh, yeah, he was fantastic role player, particularly in that year and the years surrounding that year. Great Birdie. set shot yep. as well. Great set shot, just, but just tough defensive pressure. Yep. yep. Tough defensive pressure. A classic Bloods. Yeah, workman-like. Midfielder. Yep. Yep. Sam Reed, spaghetti arms. He kicked, it's he kicked a off. very important goal. Yeah, third, go- third quarter. Yeah. And, and, and at that point, after that game, you looked at Sam Reed and you go, this is a 20-year-old premiership winning centre-half forward who's just dominated what was the best team all year. We thought, well, the sky's the limit ready for this guy. Ready to go. Yeah. go ready. You can, you can plug it. And the other thing is, he played on from that goal too. Remember, he takes yeah. the mate, he yeah. wheels around and just boots Pumps it from it. about yeah. 48, it was, 48 metres. never in doubt. Yep. Down to the city end. Yeah, down to the city end. Uh, and the, in the forward pocket, Jared McVeigh, full forward, Adam Goods, and named in the forward pocket, but didn't play there, Lewis Roberts-Thompson, LRT. Uh, a very Solid. senior line there at full forward. A, a bit of experience going through there. Mummy. The mummy. The mu- we haven't mentioned him yet. In, Psycho. Uh, mentioned mummy yet. He's... Unbelievable. And the he, only downside to Buddy's arrival at Sydney, in my opinion. Mummy's departure. Yeah. Yeah. Mummy's departure. Man, he was just fantastic, Shane Mumford. Violent, just a, violent. You'd just man. be scared. You'd be it. so scared if you're an opposition midfielder. Mummy's coming to tackle you. Oh, yep. get out of the way. New, no, thank you. I'll tell you what, he'd be in strife these days with how they police that. Uh, yeah, he would be. Uh, Joey Kennedy. Jude Bolton. Jude. Yeah, Jude. So God, he was that's good. Two flags for Jude. Two flags for Jude. Two flags for LRT. Two flags for Goodsy. Two flags for Rock. Was Jane Mc? Yeah, Jared wasn't there. No, yeah, Maka missed though five. He was. He was on the list, but he didn't get a game. Uh, I think Mal was around as well. Didn't get a game. Mal. Yeah, no, Mal did not get a game. Yep. But uh, there he was in 2012. Absolutely left his mark, to say the least. He sure Matt. did. To say the absolute least. Mike Pike. Also left his mark. Yep. Ruck Super solo star. in the last quarter after Mummy got subbed out. And Mike Pike was at one stage the best contested mark in the league. Yep. Definitely in our side, possibly in the league, wasn't it? I'm pretty sure in the league he was literally number one. At one point for contested grabs. Clunks parking. Um, and, Mitchie yeah. Mort- and Mitchie Morton on the interchange. Yeah. And how about that for a super sub? Oh, Luke, Luke Parker, Parker, the super sub. Yeah, unbelievable. Unbelievable having him just sitting there in reserve, the, the young young man. You couldn't imagine having him as a sub these days. If they had the sub rule around, he'd never be sub. But as a, as a fresh youngster, it was, a, it was a good one to have there. Phenomenal. And the coach, of course, John Longmire, was the Sydney Swans. 14-9-91. By 10 points over Hawthorne, 11-15-81. A magnificent win there in the 2012 Grand Final. And just before we go here on True Bloods, we've got a little bit of, bit of a treat for <laughs> Swans fans. Have you heard about this, Benny? 
Have you heard about this? No. This is this is something else. This is a poem I wrote. <laughs> Dedicated. Turn it up, would you? This is you are taking the piss. <laughs> to the 2012 Premiership team. It is called 2012, the final act. And here we go. I oh, think we've got to get ready to just read read up this. <laughs> The temper trap finish their set. The national anthem roars. The bounce of the ball comes with a frenetic pace from the Swannies and the Hawks. All fly in from left and right. The Warriors get it started. Courage from Hanabry in front of Hale. Not a day for the faint-hearted. Grundy hands it off to Jeddah with plenty of pace to burn. Cyril tries to keep up, but today it's Jeddah's turn. Mal somehow snaps a miracle. Our first goal from the gutter. But Bud, Bruce and Gunston all respond. The Swannies begin to stutter. At quarter time, we're 19 down. Plenty of cause for worry. But a Kennedy set shot, then goes to Jack and McVeigh. Has us back on in a flurry. AJ charges off halfback, finds O'Keefe, who sets up Reed. A thumping drive to the city end, and the Swans take their first lead. Hodgie crunched by LRT, but Goodsy's done his knee. While that goes on, a Morton double. He deserves his spot indeed. At the halftime break, we patch up Goods. Mumford and Richards also hurt. Don't you dare sub me out, says the champ to Goods, knowing Parker's ready to insert. And in a flash, it's back on, holding a tentative 16-point gap. The Hawks throw plenty at us, but we fend off their attacks. Then Jack to Kennedy, who thumps at home and puts us in the clear. LRT nails our eighth in a row, Then surely it's our year. Hale and Gunston stop the rot, two in quick succession. Bud blasts two more from beyond the arc to a deafening brown and gold expression. Ten minutes ago, we had it won. And then a defensive mistake from Jeddah. Smith launches for the lead from 55. We surely should have known better. Macca brings down Lewis, defensive side of centre wing. Mitchell's throw is costly. The 50 metres really stings. Five in a row to the Hawks. All momentum was with them. McVeigh won't miss, says a nearby voice. Suddenly the lead was ours again. <laughs> the siren rings. The huddles form just 30 minutes more. In the outer spectators brace themselves, unsure if our tickers can go all four. Gusts of wind lick the Ponsford. A chill runs through the veins. Lose yourself blares around the ground. A one-point margin at the final change. Cyril's sidestep sets up Bruce. Hawthorne up once more. Hale snaps for a 13-point buffer. They attempt to shut the door. Head in hands and things look grim when Buddy takes his shot. It's looking straight, then fades right late. A relief with 12 on the clock. Parker bursts onto the G. Red Red vest on and green vest off. Mummy's gone. It's all you, Pikey. The instructions from the box. A brutal, a brutal spectacle for all involved. It's tough, it's tense, it's tight. Just one more straight kick for the Hawks and the Swans can say goodnight. A few long balls to Buddy with the Hawks controlling the park. Enter the flying fist of LRT and the hobbling Richards. Another contested mark. <laughs> and then a Matna handball, a Jetta slap and Hannah's puts one through. The margin is back down to six, but still plenty to do. Bolton finds an inch of space to reach the forward half. Mordo holds off two for Jack, who dumps Young in the grass. <laughs> Scores are tied, crowd is restless. At fever pitch the G. A one-legged goodsy rows and snaps. Seven points the lead. Gunston's said shot hits the wood. Yes. Buds, Bud and goods collide. The ball is locked in Hawthorne's end. All 44 look fried. Two wayward snaps from Sewell. Bloods cling to the four-point lead. Mal, desperate for a clean exit, finds a massive mark from Reed. A searching ball from Ryan O'Keefe finds Savage with two to play. The Hawks are out with men in space, but
but Matna saves the day. Exhausted players crowd the stoppage, the end approaching fast. Pike hacks a volley to a marking Jetta. Just one more minute to outlast. Jets pumps it long and finds the deck for the bodies to converge. The final act, here it comes. Still time for one hawk surge. Pikey to Joey to Hannes to Mal. His left foot shakes thunder from the sky. We're up by 10, 30 seconds to play. Lift that noble banner high. Brucey's conclusion to the telecast leaves all observers in no doubt. 2012 is ours. That culture, the bloods. That's what it's all about. <laughs> there you go, True Bloods fans. That is an Australian classic. <laughs> the, My God. The Henry Snowy River, eat your heart out. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Submit that poem to some sort of poetry body. Will do, boys. I'll do that. At That's some point. gags. Oh my God. You have too much time on your hands. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's all we got time for. I reckon that'll be about it. What a way to finish it. This has been True Bloods, the number one Sydney Swans fan podcast, and that is it for another week. Calm the mighty bloods. Enjoy the week off and make sure you check us out on all the social channels, iTunes, Wooshka, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks to Madison Clark, as always. And Ben Andrew, great to have you back in the studio, boys. Always good to be here, mate. My name is Tommy Flanagan. It's been a fl- pleasure. We'll see you next week on True Bloods. Up, Up the Swannies. Hey, Swannies. This has been a Podular Media production.